fire and water are not separate. They're not separate entities with one merging into the other, although for convenience, it's often described that way. But truly in the body, the the qi and the ying are indivisible. They're just, they're always circulating together. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. I've long thought of clinic as a sacred space, as a place where people are invited to bring all of themselves. And it's also a moment and a place where we as practitioners, we can bring ourselves, our attention, and not infrequently learn something about ourselves that was previously hidden or only dimly perceived. But lately, I found clinic to be a refuge, a place removed from the 10,000 turmoils of the world, a place where regardless of belief, stance, politics, religion, or whatever ist or ism we use to craft our identity, there's an opportunity to meet as human beings. It is a rare moment in the world at this time that we have the opportunity to shed the badges and constrictions of identity, allow ourselves to be seen beyond our stories, and allow another to show us something of themselves and ourself that we either didn't want to look at or didn't even know was there. Clinic can be a place where the world softens. We soften. Allow for an expansive sense of being that's always there, but often overlooked. It allows for an exchange that not only brings healing to individuals, but through their relationships, creates a little more coherence and connection in the world at large. Taking refuge is an opportunity for a moment to let go of everything we've held that's gotten us to this moment, but perhaps is not so useful for taking us into the next moment. It is an opportunity to be and see who we are in the presence of another who can, without judgment, witness the troubles, contradictions, delusions, and hopeful stories that we use to cobble our lives together, and to witness with empathy and a discerning eye and heart that allows for seeing how what's right about us can care for and heal what's broken about us. It is a rare moment when us humans allow life to simply be as it is without the struggle of grasping or rejecting. And in those moments, when we let ourselves and others off the hook and use our judgment to discern in service of helping instead of controlling, in those moments when the agendas fall away, we have an opportunity to meet and for our world to have a little more connection, understanding, and compassion. In a moment, we're going to get into an exploration of women's health through the lens of the five phases and six jing, as is discussed in what is popularly known as the Tanya Jing. The Tanya Jing is a lost text on herbal medicine that has been alluded to in various texts and traditions. And while the text itself seems to be more myth than manifest, the principles and perspectives associated with it give us another perspective to consider physiology, pathology, and well-being. We're going to get into all of this with Genevieve Lagoff in just a moment. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? 
AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code geological at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. You know, the transformation to the five phases is not the same as the dynamics of the six Jing. And as you'll hear in this conversation, it can be a bit confusing at first, but once you start to see it, you can't unsee it, and it will help widen your clinical perspective. Let's get into this conversation with Genevieve Lakoff. 
Genevieve Lakoff, welcome to Geological. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm really happy to be here and to get to meet you and be in conversation with you. I'm happy to have you as well. One of the things that really got my attention when I first started studying Chinese medicine was how it treats women's health. I mean, what a treasure it is for women's health. And at first I, I thought, what's with all this asking about periods and why are they spending so much time on women's health with every woman? And of course, all you've got to do is study for a month or two and you realize that it's a treasure house. Yes, it is. I think it's one of the great strengths of Chinese medicine. There's certain things that Western medicine is superior at, and there are things that Chinese medicine is superior at. And I definitely think in terms of women's health, it offers possibilities that are not present at all in, in Western medicine. Yes, that's a great way to say it. Possibilities that are not present at all, which is why sometimes people come to us and they leave and they go, that was a miracle. Yes, that's true. They didn't you know, even know it was possible. I mean, even with something as simple as painful periods, which women suffer from, you know, and they go to their Western practitioner and they're told, well, this is just a normal variation. Good luck to you. And, you know, that Chinese medicine can make a huge difference in these people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we're here to talk today. Yes. And with medicine, women's health, we're going to touch a bit on uh, the Tanya Jing because it's something sounds like you've uh, dipped your toes into. Yeah. So my, my whole self, in fact. <laughs> You baptized your whole self into it. And absolutely. Well, you know, I apprenticed in a in a Shanghan Zabinglin lineage. And so because of the relationship between the two texts, I really find that the study of the of what we think uh, might be the lost Tong Yijing, aka the Fuxing Jue, really helps to inform how we can understand the Shanghan Zabinglin. It's a really curious thing. I've done a little study myself in 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 the Shanghai Lun, just a little, you know, like just enough to know that my God, I could spend a whole lifetime doing this and you know, <laughs> yes. it'll be endless. So the Tanya Jing, it's I've got a lot of curiosities about this. I'm not a historian. I'm mainly a you know a practitioner. Neither am I. Yeah. So <laughs> like what's your sense of where this comes from? In some ways, that doesn't even matter, but I'd still like to get your sense. More importantly, I want to get into how this fits in with how we could practice here in, in our modern age, or maybe how we use it to help inform our understanding of the Shanghan Lun. That's a lot of questions. I'm sorry. I they're all relevant and they're all bundled, and I understand why you put them together. Again, not a historian, but what I understand from other people's research, especially Professor Maiji Xing, is that it is a text that was authenticated to be from no more than the beginning of the Song Dynasty, so early, uh, late 900s. It's supposed to have been published posthumously to Tao Hongjing, who is the supposed author. You know, the, the text uses the same format as the Neijing, where Chibo speaks, and so this is Tao Hongjing speaks. But it was supposedly published by his disciples after his death. The introduction of the text and some of the chapters, like chapter 9, you know, talk about the Lost Tong Yijing, which is a book we have no record of other than a mention in the Book of Han 
and also in Huang Fumi. So we don't really know what that text was like. Uh, interestingly, you know, even though there are enormous similarities between the formulas of the supposed Tong Ye Jing, which is actually a text called the Fuxing Jue, in spite of those similarities, the Tong Ye Jing is not mentioned among the books that inspired Zong Zong Jing in his preface. I know it's such a it's such a wild thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. But yeah. you know, so because so, Zhang Zhongjing in his preface was like, okay, and here's here's the library that I use to create what I've got. He's suspiciously missing. It is suspiciously missing, and then at the same time, perhaps it's a, it's a matter of being very obvious. You know, I'm I'm thinking if this was a text that was you know, in circulation and the learning of herbs from that method was what was prevailing. Maybe it was superfluous to mention. I don't, I, I really don't know. So, you know, a lot of controversy exists on whether, you know, is there an ancestor, a common ancestor to the Shanghan Lun and the Fuxing Jui that inspired both of them? Or is it truly that the Fuxing Jue is a pretty literal retransmission of this lost book? Or is it that Tao Hongjing or his disciples later on were inspired by Zhang Zhongjing and attempted to reconstruct what was lost? We really don't know. What's more important for us is the relevance and the coherence with our lineage. Because when you examine uh, the formulas and you start taking them apart, analyzing the relationships at work between the herbs, which really represent the relationships between the confirmations and the relationships between the, the yang qi and the fluids, um, really about the relationship between fire and water circulating together indivisibly, but in various states of condensation or um, volatilization then we see that the thinking is very much the same. And for me, there is no shadow of a doubt, regardless of the order of the events, that these two books are inspired by the same understanding of herbal medicine and physiology at large. That physiology at large, this to me is one of the most interesting things about herbal medicine, is how it gives us all these different ways of looking at human physiology and function. Yes, absolutely. And so that is where I think that the study of the Fuxing Jue is so instrumental because it, you, you know, the way it's constructed is it has formulae ascribed to different quadrants of the Taiji circle, which you can understand through uh, either the six conformation system or the five element system. So you could like take both the five phases or the six conformations sort of overlay them simultaneously on this and understand formulations in that way. Yes, and that is what mm -hmm. the text does. And uh, what's interesting about that is as you go around the circle, it, it proposes various scenarios. You know, each, each organ has a supplementing and a draining formula and a minor and a major version of both. And so because of these different scenarios, it, it's a little bit more organized than, say, the Shanghan Lun, where, you know, I always like to think of it as a big board game where you throw the dice and you're you're in Taiyong and now you go to, you know, um, gosh, Yangming or Xiaoyin, you know. So it's the way the Fuxing Jue is organized 
is just a little more progressive and organized. And so it allows one to really explore the relationships between the formulae and the real meaning of supplementing by draining and, and vice versa. Yeah, I find it to be very useful. Also, another point of interest for me and in women's health in particular, you know, I specialize in pregnancy and obstetrics, is that the study of, of the circular motion really allows one to ponder the various methods through which fire circulates in the body. So, you know, I apprenticed in a in um various currents of the fire spirit school. And so young is of utmost importance. However, because I treat many pregnant women, I can't use aconite. So I found myself in the very curious position of not being able to give my patients a, a medicine that I rely on otherwise very much. And so I had to start studying other ways to submerge and circulate young. And I found also those ways to be not only good interim solutions when one cannot use the aconite, but also wonderful adjuncts to the aconite, because truly what, what makes an aconite formula safe is uh, what else you're doing in the formula, <laughs> you know? And for me, it's been really inspirational to study it. Tell us a little more about taking the fire, submerging it into the water, especially if, if it needs to go back into the water because someone's weak or, you know, you've got some really chronic illness or, you know, you really want to change something. They need that yang chi. That yang chi is unrooted. It's floating. It's not available. And it's not a yang deficiency. It's just a displacement of the yang. You got to put it back. Now, yeah, aconite is the top dog for that. But if you can't use it, all right, so now, now we're back to talking about physiology we're talking about a moment ago and what you're talking about is a way of looking at how physiology works and using what you can of that to take the yang return it to its source and anchor it back down without futsa yes did i, did I get that right <laughs> yes that's, it's a tall order isn't it <laughs> so could you give me an example like how this would work in clinic have you got a case that comes to mind that would demonstrates this? Gosh, well, many, many, many of them. Maybe I should start with a little introductory background. You know, for this lineage of thought, fire and water are not separate. They're not separate entities with one merging into the other. Although for convenience, it's often described that way. But truly in the body, the, the qi and the yin are indivisible. They're just they're always circulating together. Yeah, it's like yin and yang. They're not separate <laughs> things. Right, exactly. Aspects of the same thing. Exactly. So a big part of submerging yang would be to provide a, a proper conduit for it, uh, both in terms of, um, of fluids and in terms of directionality. So, and that's where yang ming is really instrumental. Yang Ming can be thought of as a window through which the sun shines and goes to reach the moon etymologically, right? So this is exactly what, what Yang Ming represents in our lives. It's the ability to take Yang from heaven in the form of, you know, air, food, water, 
things that affect our heart, whatever, bring it into the center and transform it into something that that's usable. So many of the methods I was alluding to involve restoring the proper functioning of Yang Ming. And then a close pendant to that is, of course, the proper functioning of Tai Yin, which without which the Yang can't be fully integrated. And when I say Yang, I mean Yang-infused fluids because they're they're never separate. So, uh, and you know, I love, and about- I love that reminder that they're never separate. I think it's so easy to make them separate in our mind. Yes, because and we have to, to a certain degree, to kind of take this apart and understand what happens. But I think it really helps once you uh, stop thinking of it separately. So it would be helpful that when I think of Yang, I at the same time think of fluids. I think so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when I think of fluids, I can't not not think of Yang. Exactly. Hmm. Yes, and that's what that's what water is, you know, a, a little bit of a little bit a, a yang line within two yin lines, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So all my pregnant patients, I have to use this principle, and I use it also on the people who do get the aconite because once when you use something that's strong in large doses, you have to be able to uh, to have proper circulation around the circle to make it safe. So it's not like it's only applicable if you don't use it. So there are various ways to do this. Uh, one would be to improve uh, Yang Ming Tai Yin, as I said. And then another is the Fu Xing Zhui really mentions, well, one of the chapters in the Fu Xing Zhui concerns 25 archetypal herbs related to the five phases Each phase has five herbs that are each ascribed in turn to a secondary phase. So you have, for example, the herb that's the fire of fire or the herb that's the water of fire, etc., etc. And the fire of fire herb is Xuan Fu Hua. Fire of fire is Xuan Fu Hua? Xuan Fu Hua, yeah. Inula. Why do I want to think it would be aconite? Well, aconite is actually in the wood class because of its acridity. So these herbs are ascribed to phases uh, according to their flavors, because the flavors elicit movements of qi that are ascribed to certain quadrants. Even though uh, the aconite has a downward direction, it is an acrid herb. So, but the Xuan Fu Hua method can be used um, to descend fire because, you know, fire desires to, to go downward uh, when in an ideal situation, like the sun shining down upon the earth. And so I start, you know, I started thinking about, hmm, well, would, wouldn't it be nice if we could use Xuan Fu Hua instead of aconite? And how would that work? Because it's not a warming herb per se. And, you know, I just took that in the corner of my mind maybe 15 years ago. And shortly after, I came across some formulas by Sun Simiao, where he was using this principle for the treatment of what seemed to be something similar to preeclampsia, like intense swelling during during uh, the end of pregnancy. So, you know, uh, in the predominant percentage of cases, that's a case of water overtaking fire. So a Xiaoyin pivot problem with water accumulation. And he was using a variation of Lingui Jugantong 
without the Guizhou with Xingren and Xuan Fuhua. And so using that metal element to bring as a conduit to bring down the yang and not to say that we absolutely never can use aconite in in pregnant women there is a line that tells us we can in case of impending miscarriage but it is to be avoided at all costs but so in those in all the other cases this is a method we can use and that I've used many many times over the years I mean pretty much on every pregnant woman that comes to me there's there's always been Xuan Fuhua at some point and it works yeah so if I'm following this correctly uh-huh. the Tanya Jing gives us another perspective on looking at open close and pivot it gives us another perspective on using the physiology and the proper functions of physiology to you know, basically take what's working and use that to fix what's not working. It's not so much that we're using the herb to do it, but we're using herbs to like non to uh, adjust the physiology. That's right. Yes. The herbs are just guides that are Mm -hmm. putting us back into proper cosmic timing. Hello everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvellous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm super keen these days on how the six Jing sort of map and overlay with the five phases. It's, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It, I've been studying some um, acupuncture lately, and it does on the acupuncture side kind of what we're talking about here right now. That there's a way of adjusting things, and it's using both the confirmations and the phases. It's not one or the other. They're not disconnected. They're actually deeply embedded one within the other. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've studied just enough of the Tanya Jing to be dangerous in that I get it that each of the different phases has a different flavor. Like, so in, in acupuncture school, we learn that, you know, liver is sour, you know, wood and liver is sour and bitter is the taste of the heart and the fire. And, you know, and we learn all that and it's in the Neijing and it's, you know, it's very sort of nuts and bolts, Chinese medicine. Then you bring the Tanya Jing into this. 
it's a whole different set of correspondences. Oh, but that's in the Neijing too. Oh, is it? It is. You know, the whole idea that acrid supplements deliver, you know, there's this whole passage that says, I'm going to paraphrase it horribly. (laughs) I use those principles all the time, but I'm not good at quoting directly. I I, I understand, yeah. You know, that the liver desires to be effused outward, and so we use the acrid flavor to supplement it, but the sour to restrain it. And uh, it's said elsewhere also that the sweet flavor, which is, uh, you know, corresponds to earth, corresponding to a counter uh, control of of the wood phase, also relaxes the 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 liver um, and and so on. The the heart desires to be soft, and therefore we use the salty flavor to supplement it and bitter to drain it. So all the things that we learned in acupuncture school. We're talking about draining the faces. They weren't talking about supplementing it. Correct. That, yes. Is that correct. <laughs> correct. And it's a very partial vision. I don't know why they picked that particular um, snippet of the Neijing to present, but it's by no means the only thing that's presented there. Hmm. Okay. So that's that's really helpful. I hadn't considered that we're looking at tonifying or draining a particular phase based on the herbs that we use and the flavors that are involved. Yes, that's right. And it's really actually about timing. So these little passages that I poorly quoted just a bit ago are preceded each for each organ by a little paragraph that talks about timing. And uh, it's uh, similar to the resolution times that we find at the beginning of the Shanghan Lun, uh, where it mentions that, um, you know, liver disease tends to uh, become better in the morning, etc. So these are scenarios um, that only work in the case of a liver constraint, if and we know this because the sour flavor gathers inward. So in other words, if you had a problem that was uh, opposite, where the timing of the liver was going too fast, say in the case of a person with a dry joy in blood and a premature departure of ministerial fire, in that case, the morning may make that kind of person feel worse because there we ride on the impetus of the world to some degree. So, um, you know, when we look at those mentions on, of timing, it has to be understood in terms of um, directionality. Are we going with the direction that the phase desires to attain? Or are we going against it? And based on that, make a therapeutic decision. So the time of day, the zhu clock, the Chinese clock, mm-hmm. is is an important consideration in this. Yes. Your, your treatments could be quite potentiated or dampened down, depending Absolutely. on when you're applying them. Yes, I, I ask a lot of questions about time to my patient. I, it's, I really like to know how their energy is throughout the day. So I often ask questions like, tell me about your energy. How do you feel when you wake up? And then what happens? And do you feel tired after eating? You know, the a kind of a, a more probing version of the normal questions that we ask in terms of time, um, because I find it very telling. The one thing is, though, that it's by no means uh, dogmatic. In other words, 
having a particular symptom at a particular time could be many different things. And so you kind of have to interpret it. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to map it onto the clock and go, oh, look, it fits the clock just like this. That must be it. Well, maybe. Yes, and maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yes, it's, it's so easy to talk yourself logically into or out of many theories in Chinese medicine. I've adopted a new practice in the past, I don't know, three, four, maybe five months. Mm -hmm. I've started trying to talk myself out of my diagnosis. Oh, that's interesting. So instead of going, oh, here's all the things that match what I think my diagnosis is. See, I got all these things that match up to it. Instead, I'll come up with a diagnosis and then I try to disprove it. Oh, that's really interesting. So you play your own devil's advocate. I play my devil's own advocate. That's really cool. Well, it I don't know if it's cool. It's its playful. Yeah, I like it. You have to prove your point and make sure it stands. Well, and it, it helps me prove my point. It's, you know, it's so easy to talk yourself into stuff. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, so I've just been playing around with that. I it's a lot it. of mental brain power. I mean, I get tired. I don't do it all the time. <laughs> but especially when I think, oh, I really know what this is. It's like, I got I got this nailed, Michael Max. Watch this. That's when I go, all right, prove it first. Very Mr. cool. Mr. Smarty Pants. I'll try it out. That sounds great. It's just food for thought, you know? I mean, these, because so many different things could be the answer. Oh, yes. And you know what's great for that is teaching. <laughs> because <laughs> your, student, your students always think of the things you don't think of. <laughs> yeah, how lucky. It is wonderful. Yeah, that'll really push your development, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> I want to come back for just a moment to uh, Descending Fire. Because you were talking about that you take it down through the Yangming and the Taiyin. So basically like the earth metal axis, which makes sense because, you know, like what's, what's in between fire and water? Well, earth and metal, duh. But the other thing that it makes me think about is digestive function and the whole like Li Dong Yuan earth school and, and, and that whole way of thinking. And I'm wondering if, if this also comes to your mind when thinking about bringing fire back down and, and like really looking at the digestive function. Oh, of course. Yes. The digestive function is paramount for sure. And, and, and lung function as well, because uh, you, you know, it's another type of digestion. It's the digestion of air. Yes, absolutely. For, for those who are listening to this, maybe for the first time and, and starting to think about Tanya Jing and, and how all this might work and how it might map. Could you run us through like a case or just, you know, a way of thinking, something to help us understand, like how you would treat somebody, let's say menstrual pain, because that's a common thing that we treat women for all the time. Thank goodness we have Chinese medicine to do that, right? Take us to a case where we kind of think about it in like, common Chinese medicine terms, because that's where most of us started. And then like, could you put the overlay of, of how you're looking at the dynamic of the 
five phases and the six confirmations through the lens of the, I'm going to call it the Tanya Jing, just as a, as, as kind of a shorthand. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And also just the fact that the text introduces that as such to me, it becomes very tiresome and a little counterproductive to keep reminding people that this is in the Fuxing Jui. It's like, it's like, you know, there's going to be controversy and whatnot, but who are we to not take at face value, whatever, whoever wrote this, you know? Well, and for me, what really matters is, does it work in the clinic and can I learn to make it work in the clinic? Yes. And if I can, I don't care where it comes from. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a whole bunch of things at once. So this is probably going to be a hypothetical case inspired by things I've seen. (laughs) So let's say there's a a case of... uh, Painful period, as you said, and uh, we know that the person has some clotting uh, in in the blood. This person is also a bit thirsty, as they often are. Upon examining their bodies, I find that they have a cold lower abdomen. Uh, I look at their tongue, and it's um, pale, puffy, purplish, wet. So this is a case where, you know, you may, I don't really even know what people do in TCM because I had the great luck of starting to apprentice in my lineage while I was in TCM school. So I never, I just, I, I kind of forgot everything. You kind of, by, you kind of bypassed that. You forgot you, you, you gave it all back to the teacher after you took the test. Right. So my recollection is that you would treat this as blood stasis and maybe um, use, you know, various types of blood mover, maybe it, you know, Taohong Sawutong or yeah. uh, maybe something for the digestion because it sounds like there's some fluid issue. Yes, something like that. So immediately, because of the clots, we would think Jueyin dryness. But at the same time, we have a puffy tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, hang on just one second. Jueyin dryness. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. That's another one. You're talking, you're, you're talking code here. Oh, sorry. Okay. So Jueyin being ascribed to uh, the liver and, and the wood and the realm of blood. And for us, what Jueyin we call- kind of a shorthand for blood. It really is. And uh, for us, you know, what we term joy and dryness would correspond to what uh, TCM would call yin deficiency in terms of symptomology. Except for us, you know, yin deficiency has a really different meaning. It's more not a deficiency of fluids or, or that it encompasses that, but mostly it's the failure of yin to attract yang, which is a different idea, although close but different idea uh, from Jueyin dryness, which is that just deficiency of, of, uh, of fluids. So when there is Jueyin dryness, we surmise two things in general. Often, there can be a failure of uh, the Xiaoyin pivot to work. So in cases where you see, for example, cold and concurrent fluid accumulation at the same time as you have signs of dry blood, like the clotting, then you would consider needing to uh, augment the function of the Xiaoyin pivot with some aconite, for example. Because Again, we're talking heart and kidney here. Uh, yes. And yes. bringing that fire that should be in the kidney back down. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. And that would, in turn, 
allow the proper production of the wood phase and the blood. There's another consideration, which is that diametrically opposed to Jueyin on the circle, we have Yang Ming. And so Yang Ming, we know the stomach is the gate of fluids. So we have to think again of the uh, of Yang and, and fluids being one together, indivisible. And so part of the problem is also reestablishing fluid physiology. So usually we would involve some kind of herb that has an action on metal, both in a descending kind of way and also in a moistening kind of way. So often uh, perhaps maimendang or baihe or, you know, in other cases, banxia or qianhuafen. These are often found in Jueyin formulas. So the way I might approach this would be to use a formula that has a strong Xiaoyin component, at the same time a little bit of, of uh, moistening and descending in the Yangming realm, and at the same time, perhaps depending on the case, either an herb that encourages the fluidity and movement of blood on the eastern realm in the eastern realm or if there is as sometimes it happens there is a little bit of a problem with uh, ministerial fire losing its root because the blood is dry then i would need to address that as well for example say i were to use guizhu fuling one i very very often do a guizhu fuling one gen wutong combination and ah, right. Because there's a lot of overlap between those two formulas, and you can really get a lot further in most cases with that. That's a great idea. It works. I'm thinking from the from the TCM point of view, this trijuyin, uh, it's a blood stasis. You know, in, in in essence, blood's a little dried out, stagnated. We'd think about using blood movers and maybe tonifying the blood and, and that kind of thing. Just, again, basic TCM. But that's going like right at the formed thing, the blood stasis. That's going right at the formed thing. And what I hear you talking about, this seems so elegant because you're not so much going directly at it, although you did mention a, you know, a blood herb that has to do with the Eastern influence. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, you got, you're going to go at it from that direction and very targeted, may I add. But the thing that's amazing about this to me as I'm thinking about it is you really are looking at moving that physiology in such a way that the problem should take care of itself. Yes, that's true. You're looking at the precursors to the problem. You're looking at the precursors. You're not just going at the formed thing. You're going to the things that contribute to it. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to think about it. How do you keep from getting confused? I mean, this just seems like a lot to keep in your mind in terms of what's doing what to what. How do you orient yourself? Oh, it's very easy. It's super logical because I, I think it comes down to really understanding the circle and the, cir and the circulation of fire and water around it. And then everything makes sense. It's actually really, oh, how do I say this? Very comforting to 
to be able to come back to that template to understand just about everything under the sun. How do I keep it from getting confusing? When I'm confused, what I like to do is draw a circle and put uh, the patient's symptoms around it and kind of ascribe certain things to certain situations. And then and then I put arrows <laughs> indicating what needs to be done about it. And then I end up with a picture with a movement, uh, different movements around the circle. And, and then I choose herbs that, that correspond to the movements that are desired. And um, that usually ends up being the skeleton of a formula that, you know, then echoes in my brain with some Shanghan Zabinglon formula or the other. And then I then comes therapeutic freedom. Because even though <laughs> even though you may remember a formula, you can tailor it. Once you understand on that level everything that happens around the circle and how the herbal flavors relate to it, it's you start understanding why each herb is in a formula and it becomes it becomes very precise and at the same time, extremely easy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just imagining here, and we're going to get into it a little bit more in a moment. I love the idea of you draw the circle, you know what the different aspects of the circle mean. You map the symptomology, maybe even map some of the proper physiology. Well, the circle is proper physiology, so we'll just leave that to the side. So you're mapping the issues onto the circle. So you can see where things are and then you can decide, all right, how am I going to deal with those? That by itself could give rise to a formula. And, I, and as you just pointed out, and I was just thinking, you could take any formula then. And if you want to understand it from this perspective, you just, you just put it on the map. Absolutely. And tell you what it does. That is so true. And I always tell my students, don't even look at the line. I mean, <laughs> not to say you shouldn't study it. Of course, you should study it at some point. But what's really helpful in terms of understanding formulas is you take, you draw a circle, you put all the ingredients around the circle with arrows corresponding to their directionality. And you will see very clearly what a formula is trying to accomplish, regardless of what the line says, which, as we know, you know, different lines say different things about the same formula. And, <laughs> and um, they're not all necessarily incompatible, but I think that it really, really helps to understand formulas that way. It sounds like the original infographic. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the pulse is like that too. The pulse mm. could be understood to be a circular um, representation of, of physiology. Okay. So Xiaoyin is the center of this. It all spins around the Xiaoyin. Yeah. The fire. It all spins around the fire. Because Xiaoyin has to do with fire. Yes, but it's fire within right. water, right? It's, it's well, the kidneys fire within water, but the heart is fire and fire. Okay, yes. Well, so this is where <laughs> this is where it gets really hairy sometimes to um, superimpose the five and the six, and also a point uh, that is of interest for me, where the Fuxing Jue, for example, describes um, heart pathology in a way that's completely different from Xiaoyin pathology as we know it from the Shanghan Zabinglon. If we think of fire and water being indivisible, just uh, in various states of condensation or volatility, 
And we think of uh, the Li trigram for the fire trigram being one yin line within two yang lines and vice versa for the water trigram. We can see that this is evident. So in 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 a way, yes, Xiao Yin, yes, it's the heart is all about that, the yang. But 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 it's you can't leave the water out of it. And so when we see those relationships of described by the flavors in the in the Suwen and in the Fuxing Zhui, the heart desires to be soft, therefore use the salty flavor to supplement it. You can think of the salty flavor being an agent of volatilization. It also drains the kidney. You can think of the of, of the salt, you know, if you put it on ice, it helps it melt or it helps the boiling point of water become lower. So it helps steam things upward. And by that steaming, that is exactly what qi is, which is yang diffracted like a rainbow within within water. So fire still has water within it. Yeah, I think this is one of the fascinating things for me about the Shaoyan. And and it took me a long time to figure this out, that it's like, so why do so many formulas that treat the Shaoyan have futsa in it? If there's an issue with the Shaoyan, especially kidney Shaoyan, many of the formulas that treat it have futsa because, again, we're looking at, oh, there's a lack of fire, or maybe that fire is displaced. But the reason the futsa is in there is because it's supposed to be warm and it's not warm enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and so we've got the fire within the water. Right. So that's exactly it. It just submerges the fire within the water or brings more of an energized state in the water. And that's where its acridity comes into play, too, because it penetrates through. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six qi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles. It's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jingwell points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of qi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI. 2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. Penetrates through the water. And again, uh -huh. it, and, and then that acridity helps promote the cycle onto the wood face. Is yes. That correct? Th that's correct. Yes. Okay. That's correct. So it's not enough just to put something somewhere. You want to put it there in a way that it's then going to do whatever proper physiological transformation it has to do next. Yes, absolutely. That's the idea. You just want to keep things moving around the circle for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I want to try to understand this because you were talking about we've got the pivot 
of the Shaoyan. That's in the center. And then everything moves around that. In the center. Um, or did I not understand that correctly? Oh, gosh. No, you did. Yeah, there's so many different ways to, to, to understand it spatially. And <laughs> that's, that's, where my, that's why I was pondering, because there's so many ways to think of it. You can think of it as the center because of, you know, the heart and uh, what the what the Shuenjids tells us about the heart being the center of human experience and the place and, and truly that that is the Shaoyan function. You know, after you receive nourishment from heavens via Yang Ming and 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 Tai Yin, it gets integrated in Shaoyin. And uh, the same goes for for our experiences. They get processed in the heart and then they result in an action in the East, whatever that is, a reaction. And uh, so, so that's one way to think of it in the center. And then there's also another way to think of it, which is, you know, North or and, and South, or I think better put the Zenith and the Nadir of the sun. So we think about, well, this kind of goes back to cosmology. When we look at uh, the way the Fuxing Jue presents south and north formulas. So in the, in the south, you have the constellation of the red bird. And in the north, corresponding to Xiaoyin, you have the constellation of the dark warrior. And the way they're actually not really constellations, they're, we erroneously call them constellations, they're actually quadrants composed each of seven constellations in the sky. And the way those uh, positions were determined in ancient astronomy was by a um, an observation of where the full moon would rise in relation to the background of the sky. And from that position, where wherever the moon rises in the west, so say it's the winter and, uh, and the moon would actually rise in the quadrant of the red bird, Diametrically opposed would be the sun, because at the time of the full moon, the, the, the sun and the moon are more or less aligned with the earth in between. Not completely, otherwise it would be an eclipse, of course. But, but you can infer that polar relationship between the two. So another way to understand Xiaoyin, for me, would be to think of it as these polar extremes that are always in relationship with each other and that are completely indivisible and define each other in some way. And likewise with the idea of the zenith saying like the sun at noon uh, is high above our heads and at midnight is in the nadir way below our feet. It describes that same idea of, of yang reaching the yin of the moon. Yes, so I think in, in nature, there's a very real experiential idea of standing on the earth and receiving sun from above and integrating that energy. That's the quintessential Shaoyin uh, physiology, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I think I got lost in your question, though. Well, <laughs> it, it, it was a question that was meant to open up and look at different ways of how to understand this Shaoyin pivot, understand what's going on, because it seems so very important and very central in so many ways. And so, yes, there's that cosmological aspect. If your mind goes toward that kind of thing, you can look at that and you can really 
I mean, you can plug a lot of things into a cosmological perspective, or you could take a, you know, much more, uh, I'm going to call it a narrower focused perspective, which is looking at the physiology within the body. Yeah. Of course, the reflection of the cosmological, but maybe a little easier to wrap our minds around. Mm-hmm. And then I, I want to take this even a little bit further in. Let me just run this by you. <laughs> so the heart is sovereign fire. Mm-hmm. And it and the heart shares that sovereign fire with the kidney. That's the Xiaoyin fire. Is it fair to say that that the kidney also uh, receives, holds, and uses sovereign fire? Yes. Yeah. It's a fair I would statement. Say so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Do you? Well, I'm just I've just been chewing on this kind of stuff again. I've been I've been studying some acupuncture lately that's been making me think about these kinds of things. I mean, I know about that there's kidney fire and it's like connected to the Mingman and actually when I when I think about my earlier days of like study and practice, it'd be like kidney fire and I never it's just like it never would really stick all the way in. Because I'm thinking it's kidney, it's wet, it's cold, it's water, blah, 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 blah. But it's only later when I started thinking not so much about organ, but thinking about Liu Jing, right? Six confirmation, where I start to go, oh. Exactly. Same year. There's this other thing going on here. I see it now. But it's like I have to change my mental focus from here's one organ along the five phases that say, in this case, the kidney, a yin organ. That's going to give you a particular perspective. When you put that together with the sixth confirmation and and then you see what it shares with the heart, at least for me, now the Mingman makes a whole lot more sense. Absolutely. Yes. Like, oh, that's what that is. Absolutely. It's that fire. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you know, I, I find that even within each organs, just the same way, actually, that sort of mimics what the Fuxing Zhui describes with the 25 herbal archetypes, which are generally ascribed to one phase, but then within that category, you have subdivisions of kind of secondary tropisms for the herbs. So I I think of the organs in that way, too. For example, you know, the heart, yes, the heart is Xiaoyin and it receives heaven's generosity, but it also has an impulse and an Eastern movement. And that's the ministerial fire. So actually, when you look at... at, uh, at Wait a minute, the heart has ministerial fire? Well, it generates ministerial it fire. It generates With ministerial each, each fire. Each beat is ministerial fire departing from Xiaoyin in Zhuiyin. You know, that's the beginning of the of the wood phase, like departing from Xiaoyin, ministerial fire starts, right? And so each each heart... I totally, don't, I totally don't understand how that works. Okay. How does each heartbeat generate ministerial fire? Well, no, not that it generates probably wasn't the right word, but it is a generation of ministerial fire, uh, meaning that each, uh, well, you know, what's the function of ministerial fire is to bring the emperor fire to the out, outer reaches of the body, right? So when the when the heart beats, it creates movement that sends fluids, blood, all through the body. And so as such, you know, this is a, a way to think of Xiaoyin heart generating 
the wood phase and the ministerial fire so that it can reach everywhere. And when you look at um, uh, chest obstruction formulas uh, in the Jingwei Yalwei and you analyze their composition, you can see that there's always a sort of a symmetrical construction with, on the one hand, support bringing the yang in on the western quadrant through metal or tie-in or whatever the case may be. And on the other hand, there's always a little bit of something to help the departure of ministerial fire from the heart, to help the heartbeat. And that's visible in many different types of formulas. For example, you know, whether it's something like Jushushi by Guizhutong or whether it is uh, something that uses, you know, like Fuling Shinran um, as a base, there's always an element of we are going to free Xiaoyin of, of whatever is fettering it. Um, so that then the heartbeat can depart, so we can live the next day. And that goes for other organs too. For example, if you think of the lung, the lung desires to contract according to the aging. But yet we also use a lot of acrid herbs in the treatment of the lung. Because we also want it to diffuse outward at the same time. Exactly. All yeah. movements that go in at some point have to go out. If you use something too astringing, then, it, then all right, you may get the ingoing working really well, you still need it to go out at some point. Mm -hmm, exactly. And same with the kidneys. I mean, you can think, I mean, this happens on a cellular level. You can think of energy and fluids exiting and entering all the time. So so that's that's how you start being able to do weird things like using Guijutong for an ovulation or, <laughs> you know. Let's let's talk about that in just a second. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to move to that. Guajra Tong for ovulation. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. That'll be fun. It's a weird but one. Before we do, you just said something about the heart mm -hmm. creating the ministerial fire of the wood. Mm -hmm. That goes backwards in my mind on the five phases. So how do you get there? Okay. Um, I think I have to understand first how that goes backwards. Oh, because when I think when I think of the five phases, fire generates earth. Fire does not generate wood. Wood generates fire. Oh, 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 oh. We're, so, we're not in that model. <laughs> we're in six yeah. confirmations. Okay. So, okay. So we're not talking the heart as a fire organ in the five phases. We're talking the heart as a shall in... Yes. Organ. Yes. 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 Exactly. Sorry if that wasn't clear. The Shaoyin gives rise to Jue the Yin, uh -huh. which is what would liver blood is. Okay. Got it. Like now that. I see it. Okay. And actually, that's that's something that I almost touched on earlier, where you know the Fuxing Jue talks about heart pathology in a, a very different way. You know, first of all, it's a book that's kind of focused on epidemic disease. So a lot of the, the Ooh, we should all be reading that right now. <laughs> oh yes, we should. <laughs> um, the heart pathology has a lot to do with things that that we would term in modern lingo uh, like pericarditis or you know just the, the the effects of febrile disease on the heart but the way that the pathologies are described are very much about um uh, rescuing 
the south position with the bitter flavor to precipitate fire downward. That's a very different sort of understanding than talking about the heart as 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 a Shaoyin organ. So that's actually a, a major point of difference. Again, I'm thinking of the way that you were talking about drawing the circle, making the map, putting different things on the map, where do they fit? And now we look at how do we want to move things in such a way that these things will take care of themselves. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. It's super helpful. I can I now see that how the Xiao Yin generates the Zhe Yin, and thus the sovereign fire generates the ministerial fire. Oh I yes, I'm sorry now. I didn't explain it. You explained it really well. I understand it right now, and I'm hoping that the listeners do as well. Again, I was thinking about five phase and organ with a yin yang, you know, split, which will give you one particular view. Mm-hmm. But you were talking yeah. about something different here, and and now I got it. Yes, and I'm I'm always partial to six conformations, so <laughs> I tend to think a lot in six conformations rather mm-hmm. than organs. So that's where my mind went. I think that's why I've been enjoying this conversation with you so much today, because uh, the past couple of years, I've also been thinking more in six confirmations mm-hmm. and it dramatically changes how the world looks. It does. <laughs> and dramatically changes what we can do with, with our particular methods. Absolutely. It's endlessly fascinating. Yes. So would it be fair to say that this, I'm going to, I'm using air quotes here, Tang Ye Jing thinking, just I'm using that as a, as a code word, okay? Yes, code word, cut. Is, is actually a way of mapping and understanding the six confirmations in a way that's not dissimilar from how we all learned the five phases in school. It's just that we're now looking at confirmations in a different way. And not that layer cake that they taught us about, you know, Shanghan Lun, where it starts in Taiyang and, you know, progresses in a certain way. We're not looking at a layer cake. We're looking at a circle or maybe even a torus. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And I think that the circle is also, of course, present in the Shanghan Zambing Lun. So the order that we, the layered cake you're referring to is the pathological order of invasion of the conformations. And that corresponds more, I think, to a representation of the human being standing upright on the earth, like, or, you know, where, where we get invaded from the utmost yang, and then down it goes to the deeper recesses of the body. Or if you think of a tree, it works, that analogy works even better because the roots are inside the earth, you know, and reaching down to water. So if you insert a tree where the human is and think of the pathological order of invasion of the of the conformations, it's, I find that very helpful. But we also know that the circle is present because when we look at the beginning of the Shanghan Lun at the uh, resolution times, if you uh, map them on a circle, it will give you that circular motion going, you know, so, you know, the impulse of life starting at the time of midnight, the primordial seed, and then going through Zhuiyin, Xiaoyang, Taiyang, Yangming, Taiyin, and back down to Xiaoyin. 
we know that that thinking was uh, prevalent at the time of Zhang Zongjing because there's other books that mention it. For example, the the classic of childbirth from Mao Wangdui describes the development of the fetus along the same circle of the confirmations. So I think there's like what happens in nature, like timing, because really it's a medicine of time. It's about when do we manifest outward expansion and volatilization and when do we manifest contraction and how do we live the next day it's about the continuation of life through cosmic breathing really and when we talk about damage by cold it's something that either comes from heavenly influences from out from the outside in so penetrating inward from taeyong on or that injury was allowed to be perpetrated by a north type problem within the body so not enough not enough yang not enough fire um, to reach the outer uh, regions of the body and and prevent external mm-hmm. injury internal and external it also seems to me that the shang hanlun is talking about disease processes but what we've been talking about today is proper physiology mm-hmm Yes. So we I mean we can look at them both ways and they're both useful lenses to put on a situation. Yeah, and they're interdependent too because they're interdependent you... uh, obviously. Yeah. But you know one of the beauties for me about Chinese medicine is how so often we can use what's proper to take care of what's not well. Hmm. Oh, I really like how you put that. That feels very healing on so many different levels because I think um, that's a whole code of conduct, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I ju- what, I'm, what's the I'm, code of conduct you're referring <laughs> to? Here? Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about um, right action, and and so so what you I know you meant about physiology, but I'm thinking about the state of the world and also just one's personal life and. It's an interesting idea to me to use what is proper to to rectify what is not. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, that's so good. That is so good. You found it. <laughs> well, we found it. This, this is this is why Chinese medicine was taught in dialogue because it's in conversation that we discover things. Mm, that is you know, really when we're just banging beautiful. around in our own mind, it's very hard to get new information. But in dialogue, holy smokes. That's true. You must get a lot of that too. Well, we do it every day with our patients, right? It's so true. I learned so much from my patients. All the time. <laughs> every time. Yes, it's uh, so yeah, great. pretty much every time. I should be paying them. <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> maybe not. But... Some, sometimes I think I should. Sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes I think I should. But uh, yeah. I, I still try to hold up my own end of the bargain there. Yeah. This has been a lovely conversation. I think this is probably a good place to leave it, although you did kind of tease us with Guajer Tong for ovulation. Oh. Um, I'm curious. Could you like write something up? Would you have something written up about that that we could just like put on the show notes page and people could like download it and read it? if they were interested in that kind of thing? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if you want to know about using Guajratang for ovulation, head over to the show notes page and uh, and we'll have a, a file for there that you can download that uh, Genevieve has written about that. 
and, and and we can put your website on there and all that other stuff in case people need to talk to you. Okay, sure. And I just want to say that that is a very unusual case. In, in 90 plus percent of cases, usually ovulation problems are uh, have a some element at least of a Xiaoyan problem and require aconite in large doses. But this is just a very specialty sort of problem where that has to do with with a wood problem of motion outward and the release of the egg and then great so yeah. that that's ex that's exactly why i want this because okay. it it's a little bit different but more importantly it describes the thing that we've been talking about and talking around which is how the six confirmations unfold into each other and how we need to be attentive to those movements and supportive of those movements. So it'll be, it'll be great. It's an emblematic case for what we're talking about, learning how to perceive in this way. That is true. I think that learning exceptions are a good way to learn the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Genevieve, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together today. I've learned so much. Thanks so Likewise. much for uh, sitting down today with me. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Michael. It's lovely to meet you. One of the things I appreciate about Chinese medicine is the way it's constantly asking me to widen my perspective. It asks us to be limber in our thought and to approach our work with a flexible spirit, open heart, and sharp mind. I have another podcast coming up in the near future on the Tang Jing and the Fu Xingjie. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm -hmm.